Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. How are you doing, Bren? Eh, I'm doing alright. It's one of the rare three days of the year where it rains in LA, so I'm enjoying myself. And it's also not 93 degrees like it was two weeks ago. So oh, very nice. It's actually pleasant for once. Cool. Besides, you know, everything that's still going on. Yeah, no, th- things seem to be okay, right? <laughs> it's it's not terrible and that's an improvement so that's exactly so uh but for anybody that happens to be new oh and we hope you're new and we hope you stay (laughs) around uh this this is a video game podcast we hope we don't scare you away rather (laughs) i mean we've already started the opening better than most episodes sort of uh but yeah so bren let's talk about the games we've been playing i don't have a huge update this week but there's a boatload of weird things going on in the news that we could probably focus on but have you been playing much since the last time we talked since last time um oh i forgot to mention i finished i talked about i finished grindstone like last episode two episodes ago um but i forgot to mention right at the end started getting the drift again on the switch so you can get the drift on the Switch. You could get it again on the Like even when they fix it, I got it again. Damn, so, that's really shitty. So are are you going to be sending it back again? Probably. Luckily, with Grindstone, it's not like an active combat one. Like it's like it's not turn based, but it, like you can pause and take your time and like yeah. make sure you're doing the right thing. So it didn't really impact me too much, but I was noticing like it was getting annoying. And then when I went to reconfigure the controllers. When you do that, you do, like, up, down, left, right, and do you circle. Uh, when I was doing that, I saw it, like, clearly drifting into, like, the left area on the one controller. Damn. So, you know, like, there's no denying it now, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably have to send it back in. I remember hearing they weren't doing it during quarantine, because I guess the people at the warehouse that fixed it or something, ha- like, can't be there or something. Or, or maybe there's other reasons why they couldn't do it. But I remember hearing people were like, yeah, I can't send it back, so I just can't play it now. Um Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they have an issue, and at least for me, I think they the warehouse where they do it is actually pretty close to where I am. Because the last time I sent them in, I got it back within the week, like pretty quickly. Oh, that's right. So fingers crossed. But also, I don't really have anything on the Switch going on right now. Like Grindstone was the only thing I was really playing on the Switch lately. So once I beat that, I was done. Fair enough. When if Hollow Knight Two comes out, the Silk Song. Um, I'll probably get that for the Switch, just because Hollow Knight was so fun on the Switch the first time. Yeah. Like, it's just a very great game, especially, you know, not going anywhere now, but having that as a uh, option for being portable is great. And, you know, just nice to not have everything on my computer. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I'm really got my eye on Switch-wise. So until that's announced or when it's even coming out, I'm in no rush to fix the drift. But yeah, it is real shitty to know that you can continuously get it it's not just like the xbox 360 like rendering a death like you get it once and you're done it's like nope it's it's an ongoing issue it'll keep coming back it's like great cool i love I'm that i'm surprised they haven't invested well i'm isn't there like lawsuits involved around the whole thing like oh, yeah. you think they would invest money into like improving the design so this uh problem gets resolved but instead they're just kind of letting it ride out and customers are boned until the next iteration of switch controllers which I don't know. They haven't really said anything about it. I I guess I read something or I was misinformed. I thought they did fix it, but I guess they either might just might have just sent everyone like new switch controllers, new Joy Cons, or they don't really know what's causing the drift, so they really can't fix it. But like, you think someone as big as Nintendo would be able to like figure out what the hell's happening and fix it? So yeah, yeah I don't know if they just are ignorantly ignoring it or genuinely can't fix it and are just you know swapping out joy cons every time they burn out you know swapping out the circuit board or whatever yeah but very strange that's a bummer yeah uh besides that though still on that binding of isaac <laughs> still oh no probably got a good probably got another like 10 hours <laughs> since last time did you discover anything new oh yeah because like i said every time you play a character it's got a little like uh scoreboard a little notepad uh yeah. next to that character saying like here are the nine modes you can beat. Here's the nine modes you can beat on hard or like normal mode. Um, and then every time you beat those, you unlock something new. So I've been playing those and just going back to characters I haven't beat it with. Um, some characters. So for Binding of Isaac, you get hearts. 
that have two values on it. So you get hit, you lose half heart. You get hit by a stronger enemy, you lose the whole heart. And then there are soul hearts. Uh, regular hearts can be replenished if they're lost. Soul hearts, once they're gone, they're gone. But you can always find more. Um, but they can't be refilled. Okay. And then there's like black soul hearts, which are the same as a soul heart. But when you lose that heart, it damages everyone in the room. So it's really good. There's one character who's just, his name is just question marks. He doesn't have any hearts. It's just soul hearts. So if you get hit, you can't replenish that health. Like you have to find more soul hearts to find or to yeah. replenish it. And they're harder to find. Um, so characters like that who are just inherently quite difficult to play or like the keeper I told you about where his health is only two coins and it's yes. just two hits and he's dead instantly. Um, characters like that are just inherently more difficult. So I, I haven't gotten as much stuff with them. So I'm going back and doing stuff like that. And it's more challenging. And, you know, it's it's the, you know, play style of roguelikes. Sometimes you just get garbage runs. And I restarted it in the first stage on the first floor. I got to like two rooms. I was like, nope, this build is garbage. I can't. This isn't playable. I'm done. And yep. restart it. Uh, and then other times you get really good. And you get really far. And you die by a bullshit shot or something. So I haven't played that. I found a, a few more combinations that work really well a lot remembering a lot of the items that are really terrible and just really detrimental to you and not beneficial in any way. <laughs> I'm noticing some stuff. So the uh, some items in the game are the Zodiac. You know, so you got Tauros, Leo, Virgo, Sagittarius, Scorpio. Yeah. Um, those give you all different stuff, depending on what they are. So Leo, you can stomp through, uh, through rocks. Uh, Ares is, you get horns, and you can, like, charge. Like, your speed is faster, and if you build up enough speed and run into someone, it'll do damage to them. Uh, Virgo, you get a little protection if you get low enough. Stuff like that. I am noticing with those, um, in particular, some of those aren't appearing nearly as often. I've maybe gotten, just within the time I've started replaying it, I've gotten Virgo... I'm going to say seven or eight times, and I've gotten, like, nothing else. I've gotten, like, Leo once or twice. I've gotten, like, Libra once, and that's it. But, like, Scorpio, which gives you poison tears, and Sagittarius, which gives you piercing shots that go through enemies and through, like, uh, rocks and stuff, which is good. I've never gotten either of those since I restarted playing. And it's definitely odd. RNG bullshit. I don't know. Just, uh... It, it, It could be... Just swept up with RNG of like, oop, that's just how it works. But it definitely feels like I'm getting like some of them have a lot more common spawn rate than others. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. I, I wonder even in like inherently in the code or their algorithm, it's like, oh, yeah, Scorpio and Sagittarius are like 10% where the others are like 30, 40% chance of getting it. So that's what I'm wondering. And I wouldn't be surprised by that because it's better. But still, like, <laughs> you know, I, I figured there'd be a level of like, ah, they all have you know, a 5% chance of spawning, and it's just very unfortunate luck, instead of, like, Virgo having a 65% chance of spawning, because it's not that great, and then the right. good ones have a 3%. It's like, ah, that sucks. Yeah. So it, I'm not sure if there was an update that kind of resets the spawn rates of some of those items. It feels like it, but also, it's RNG. Who knows? Like, I could have done something within the run that, like, blo- that soft-locked me out of getting those items. I don't know. Yeah, it so. reminds me of when we talked to Mitch Gittleman and he was talking about testing like Necropolis. He's like, I was just in a meeting where they were like, I I noticed there I haven't encountered this enemy. Have any of you? And they're like, well, no, it's all random. <laughs> like, yeah. I expect, like, I thought maybe I'd see him next time. It's like, yeah, that is an, a, a testing nightmare. So maybe they're not even aware that players are like, I never get Sagittarius. God damn it. Yeah, I can't imagine like testing that stuff because so much of it is like I assumed I just didn't get it or like I'm sure there's a back end pass up here that tells um there's a oh, back sure. end where it's like oh like the chance of the spawning is in the code like it is set to zero for some reason something bugged out and it is set to zero but yeah it, like until you talk with other people be like I played this game a hundred times and I've never gotten this one I've never even seen that one item and it's like that's kind of weird like statistically I should have at least seen it so it's like the terms of uh like impro- like unlikely and unprobable. Oh so, yeah. Um, so I am enjoying it and I'm still having fun with it. I don't think I'm finding any new like floors or bosses or anything like that. But I'm sure. still getting like new items or new companions, new familiars, cool um, stuff like that. And yeah, it's <laughs> reminding me of just like seeing all of the bosses again and some of the items. Be like, oh yeah, I remember this item. It fucking sucks. I'm gonna just skip ahead this floor and not even take it. Like, yeah, choosing to weaken myself just so I don't get a shitty item. 
That makes sense. But then there's plenty of items that combo like, super well, and then there's plenty of items that combo badly, and I end up killing myself for it. Um, <laughs> one of them is like a torn photo where if you get hit, like five to seven bombs uh, appear in the room and then just explode. And that's great for big rooms with like destructible items and enemies. It's also bad because when one bomb, they're all grouped together. So when one bomb explodes, it shoots all the other ones out in the room like randomly. And then if you have any effects on those bombs, like they'll also all have that effect as well. So it can just um, one item is you can have a glass bomb, which is a bomb that explodes. And then there's like four smaller bombs inside that bomb that explode. Damn. So then if you have that curse item, which makes bombs explode when you take damage, and then you have glass bombs, where more bombs explode, you'll have about five to seven bombs explode, and you'll have all those explode into smaller bombs in the room. So you have anywhere from, like, five to 28 bombs going off in the room. Damn. And it's just like, and they also damage you. So it's just like, this is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Insanity, yeah. Yeah, and you can have, like, a mega bomb where the blast radius is much bigger. You can do the Bomberman bomb where it's a cross, like, a, it's like a four-by-four four cross. Oh, and nice. just like, this is truly hell, and I only have myself to blame for picking up these items. But it is reminding me of, like, why I have so many hours in this game and why it's so fun um, seeing the combination. Like, Hades could debatably be a flawless game. Like, I could I could see people making the argument and I wouldn't really debate it too hard. Um but it does for me have a shelf life of like I hit all the dialogue, I've gotten the upgrades and I've got all the achievements. I'm done. Yeah. But for me Binding of Isaac is so incredibly replayable because you see the combinations of what works with what and like I don't know if anyone has ever seen all of the possible combinations. Like I don't know if that's possible because there's so many and they're just adding more now. Um Speaking of which, the DLC got announced for March 31st. So if you're sick of me talking about Binding of Isaac, tough shit. You got yeah, two more months of it, minimum. Oh yeah, minimum, at yeah. least. <laughs> Until it even comes out. And then after that, who knows how long. Oh, so, poor brand, so poor listeners. <laughs> it's like, it's it's also because it's just a quick run. Like, uh, Hades, you do a run, It can depending on how good or bad it is, that's like anywhere between 10 to like an hour or something on a run roughly sure binding of isaac you can just bam 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 bam, bam like because it can go so because it can be so good or so bad and but the good runs are roughly like 30 minutes at most i think um even the uh, the uh, uh, i guess modes that i'm trying to beat now with a lot of the characters is the boss rush mode and hush which i talked about yeah. uh, bo- boss rush you have to get if you beat mom in 20 minutes hush you get if you beat uh the secondary boss in 30 minutes so like to get those, I am speeding through as quick as I can and, like, not exploring the whole labyrinth. So, like, it, it, it just being quicker and knowing what you're doing, it's just, like, it's it's so easy to just be, like, I got 20 minutes to kill. Let me just do a run of Isaac real quick and see what I get. Hell so yeah. it's just very addictive. Are you streaming it when you play? You should be streaming on your Are We There Yet account if you're not. I have not. Uh, oh, I sh- damn. I streamed, we talked about it, I streamed Control a bit. I, I really haven't streamed really anything since the, I played Don't Starve like that one time with some friends. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've just been very busy with other stuff besides games. So, uh, and I played some more Control. Um, so I've played some stuff, but like really not as much as I used to. Like I'm, I'm very busy with other stuff, like during That's the weeks fair. and stuff and recording on the weekends. Um, and then streaming isn't bad, but it is more work. I like oh, playing yeah. a game and just zoning out and just like I might go into a vegetative state for like <laughs> 10 hours and not do anything. And then if someone does show up, I'll like, you know, you have to talk and kind of be a you know, presentorial and like uh, host and such. So there yeah. are plenty of times where I'm like, no, nah, I want to do just a quick, real messy run of Isaac in like 30 minutes or less. This isn't this isn't yeah. worth the stream. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I'll probably start streaming again now that I'm, you know, you should only because relapsed. I feel like. Yeah, you're such a hardcore player that I feel like people tuning into your stream will be like, oh man, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I there's so many fucking... I, I would definitely say I got plenty of hours in it, and I know a lot of the items. There's so many, though. Like Even at my Prime, I had like a quick guide where it was just like a webpage where I had every item, and you hovered over it, uh, the item, and it'll tell you exactly what it is. Oh, um, nice. I still have that when I'm playing. Like There's so much, and it's like... Ooh, like especially with the zodiac symbols, like I was talking about the items. Yeah, um, it's just the symbol. So some of them is obvious, like Tauros. It's just a circle with like two horns. It's like I know what that is. But Virgo. Every time I see Virgo, I was like, "Is that Scorpio?" Hell yeah, Scorpio! I get it. It's Virgo. I was like, "Fuck!" Um, 
So there's so many, and like with each update, some items become redundant. Where it's like, ooh, uh, the dog food gives you one extra health. That's great in the early game, like when uh, Binding of Isaac first came out. Now, there's some items that will give you like three hearts and then like increase attack speed and increase damage. It's like, well, then the dog food's fucking useless. Why would I ever take that? Um, yeah. So with all the upgrades and all the expansions and everything that came out, like a lot of the older items are so basic and useless now that like if you get just range up, it's so upsetting because you know there's like 10 items that can give you range up plus other things as well. So it's right. like, ah, it could have been so much better. Um, that's why uh, Isaac, if you play with him enough, he's, he, one of his starting items once you uh, unlock a certain mode is a D6. It's a dice, and you can re-roll the items you get, like the upgrade items. So that's really good if you're just like, ah, I don't want this item. I can just re-roll it and get a new one. But once again, RNG, it could be worse. Like It could be much, much worse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I probably will end up start streaming it soon. Um, just once I figure out, like, a, I'm not even going to promise a schedule. Streaming happens whenever I stream it. Uh, if you do give a shit about watching Binding of Isaac or Control being streamed, uh, just follow the Are We There Yet Twitch account, because, yeah, I can't promise when I'll do it or what times. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, like, thrown into the bus here. I'm like, friend, are you going to stream some more? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> No idea. <laughs> no, for sure. If you do, you do, and that'd be really cool. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I definitely don't go as hard with streaming as you do. I, I don't have consistency. <laughs> I barely with it. do. Oh, and I'm I'm guilty of not having consistency. Every now and then, I'll miss a day, and I'm like, yeah. God damn it! It's just, sometimes I'm having anxiety issues or just other things, and I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'll just uh, take the time off. And uh, if I'm not in the headspace for it, like you were saying, it's like no one's gonna have fun. So why why would I do it? Yeah, exactly. And I'm. You know, if I, mine's just going to be very chill. Like, I don't have webcams. I don't have production value of any kind. Like, the game starts, I talk, and then I'll turn it off. So, like, don't, don't expect anything. Yeah. Um, but speaking of that, I did also play Control, and I've streamed that a bit. Um, I've gotten further with that. I forgot I didn't even talk about... Um, so, I talked about in Control, you work with, like, the janitor, who's, like, the, you know, clearly omniscient character who knows more than he seems and it's clearly running shit behind the scenes sort of character okay i forgot there was like a side quest where he's like ah you gotta take care of the clog down in like the coolant system it's like what all right i guess i'll take care of this clog and you go down to these like all these pipes and stuff and it's a really cool scene and it's just like a big sewer tunnel it looks like when you get in and there's just this massive brown clog with like tendrils coming off of it all wiggling and moving it's got these like pustules glowing on it and it's just writhing, and it's like, you find a note that says, like, ah, Adi the janitor would come down here and talk to the clog as if it could understand him and stuff. It's like, what? And then you look yeah. at it, and it's, like, throbbing and, like, moving. It's like, no, no this is a thing. Like, this is a thing. This isn't just, like, garbage as I collected in the pipes. Like, this is a sentient, or not sentient, is a living being. Right. And you gotta go around and, like, take care of the, like, pustules and shoot it, and it backs down, and eventually it goes down. But it's just, like... It reminds you that it's not all just, like, crazy government conspiracies and, like, telekinesis. Like, yeah, there's just weird creatures in here. Like, there's just this big old, like, living Shit blob. monster? Yeah, living like, in the pipes. And it's like, huh. And, like, I've encountered them twice now. And, it, like, so far nothing's happened. I'll assume it'll turn into a big boss fight eventually. But, like, yeah, it reminded me that it's like, yeah, this is also kind of SCP-y. Like, it's kind of just crazy monsters that, like... They, you know, hide from the general public and don't want people to know about it. It's like, God, this gets weird. Yeah, and, um, very. There's the Threshold Kids, which I don't think I talked about. I might have. Last no, time. I don't think so. Threshold Kids was a little puppet television program that was made for children in the oldest house, like raised in the organization of the Bureau of Control. Um, and you find documents that have everything redacted, but it's clearly saying like, hey, if we have kids here and we're raising them within here, if they have like powers and we can't let them outside, we need some way of raising them and letting them know, teaching them about the supernatural stuff and objects of powers and what the threshold is and all this other stuff. So they made a television show to teach the kids that. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll just like, I took a puppet tree class, like at a community college, like over the summer one time. And, like, we can just do the voices ourselves. And, you know, so the production value is so low. It's because it's done by, like, scientists at the Bureau. Yeah. And it is 
one of the most upsetting things I've ever... It's just so creepy and uh, disturbing. And, like, it's supposed to be. Like, that was clearly their intent. Um, but it's just like, hey, Tommy, like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm just sad. My mom disappeared because she messed around with an object of power, even though the Bureau of Control told her not to. And now she's gone. It's like, oh. Jesus. Cool. <laughs> like, and it's just, like, it's really disturbing. And it's got this... It's got this cool old aesthetic of like a fifties government agency and stuff, like this old style to it. But then it's just this underlying creepy tone at all times, and you just you forget it, and then it'll pop back up, and it's like, oh, 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 I hate it. But like, yeah. it also is incredibly compelling. Of like, I want to know more though. Um, so it's great like that. It's it's still real fun. Hell yeah! Uh, you get. You know, different power-ups. I got, like, a shield now, so I can fight some enemies better. The telekinesis can get upgraded. I can throw a grenade, and enemies, once they die, I can throw their bodies back at the other enemies. Um, so it's it's tough at first with the combat, but once you start getting a handle of it, it's real fun. And, like, really versatile, despite it just being, like, telekinesis-based and guns. Uh, the different powers they give you make it really... Uh, versatile so you can really play it your way and you know I'm really leaning into the telekinesis and throwing so I got like more damage for that I got more you know it costs less energy to do it every time and stuff like that what else you get different guns and it's like I said it's the same gun that's kind of shape-shifting so you get like a shotgun essentially a sniper rifle a, a automatic like submachine gun um, they're all terrible the the first gun is still by far the best one you have because it's just like a revolver or like a magnum it's just a very heavy pistol yeah, isn't that King Arthur's sword, the gun? <laughs> yeah, basically, but, like, it changes shapes and stuff, so, like, throughout history, it could be whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, you also have, like, a fun little side quest where you find out the furnace is sentient and living. Oh, um, great. That's, like, a childhood nightmare of mine. I feel like every, every yeah, time yeah. I go down into the basement, it's like, I'm running up the stairs, like, and as I'm turning off the lights, I'm like, don't eat me. Yeah, the noises and stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, that's like in Home Alone, too. That was like one of the best oh, yeah, depictions yeah. of that fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just do a random side quest, and then you just go down and you throw out this you know nuclear waste into the furnace. Uh, and that's all it is. I thought there was going to be enemies or something. It's like, no, you just pick up six barrels, throw them in the furnace, and that's it. Uh, but when you get down there, you find an audio, like a tape recording of uh, a scientist that was assigned to the furnace to work in there. And she's like, I this thing is alive. I know this thing's alive. I hear its voice. No one else does. And it's her, like, ramblings and discoveries and, like, talking to the furnace. And it's just a really good mood setting for while you're doing this kind of mundane activity that's really slow-paced and boring of just picking up a barrel and throwing it, picking up a barrel and throwing it. And it just adds this element of, like, you don't know if this barrel or if this furnace is alive. You don't, like, nothing changes for you. As far as you know, it's just a giant furnace. But it's you know, all the other shit you've seen here. Yeah, why not? Who's to say it isn't alive? Right. And it's just, cra it's crazy how much content there is in this game. Like, if you want to go through and read every index entry, of every little mundane thing, this is your game. This is a library worth of stuff in it. And it's, honestly, I don't usually give a shit about that stuff. Like, I usually be like, oh, like, even in Hades. I loved Hades. I got like 200 hours in it. I didn't read the codex entries. I don't really care. It's like, I know who Sisyphus is. I don't need to, you know, read Achilles' version of him. Um, but I find myself with control. I'm reading, like, everything. Because it is right. cool. Especially with it being a government agency with stuff being blacked out and rejected. You kind of have to piece it together yourself as well. So you definitely find stuff, uh, papers and research topics and essays connecting to each other, but, like, very distant in between gameplay yeah. uh, and chapters. So it's... It's really fun and it's really compelling and it's it creates such a crazy world that I did not expect from the developers of Alan Wake. Like Alan Wake was fine, it was good, but like this is such a leap and upgrade, like leap in skills and so far beyond. It is really impressive. Hell yeah. You sold me last week, but I feel like you extra sold me with the shit monster in the pipes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm super interested in this game now. It there's it sounds like there's a lot of facets to it. Oh yeah, you find um one uh, experiment area I found was, like, luck and probability. And it, there's, like, a little side mission that leads you here, but you don't have to do it. You could just easily skip it. It's not, like, story uh, crucial. So it's just a department that was studying the luck and probability of, like, superstitious uh, super things. So, like, a four-leaf clover. Um, those lucky cats you see in, like, Japanese 
restaurants or stores with like the paw moving with the coin. Um, feng shui of like if you have a brass koi statue over here and then like an elephant statue over here. Um, uh, uh, horseshoe from like Ireland. Um, and they're citing like these seven, I think seven or nine things, different objects that have superstitious around them about luck based stuff. And um, you just find a, a roulette table that has coins on the number seven. And you just try and figure out how to get it to land on the number seven. What luck things need to be activated in order to get that specific number to win. Yeah. And they tell you, you find like a document that tells you all these things. Like the feng shui stuff is depending on its location. Um, so you go out into the office and you find the brass uh, koi fish statue. You have to lift it up with your telekinesis and bring it in next to the roulette table. Because it says with feng shui it's proximity based. Uh, with the horseshoe, you have to have it upright so all the luck gets captured in. If you have it upside down, the luck flows out. So you run around, you find the horseshoe, you turn it right side up. Um, you find another horseshoe that's next to um, what is it? Newton's cradle? Those like clicking balls that like bounce back and forth that are on like people's office desk a lot. Okay, you've seen those, right? Like it's just like five metallic oh, balls yeah. on strings. Click them. Yep, a hundred percent. You find one of those next to the elephant statue. You find one of those next to a sideways horseshoe. And it's like, do these play a part in this? Like, if I activate one, do they have to sync up? Um, ah. You find the shamrock, you have to put that in. Uh, you have to turn all the lights on in the office. And it, if you do all of them, it doesn't work. But if you do seven of them, it works. <laughs> so it tricks you by giving you more than you need to. So if you do all of them, it's like, well, why is it not working? And then you backtrack and you're like, do I have to do specific ones? This and that. And for anyone playing Control, like I said, it's a little side thing, so it's no real spoiler. But yeah, I found out like if I did a few of them, I had like four. And if I activated two of them, it's like I got six now. It's like, okay, I have to figure out what they are, what I have to do for them, and then how many have to be active in order to get seven. Uh, and then when I did it, I got like resources, I got bonus points, and then you get this nice gold blazer suit. I was like, ooh, yes. Hell yeah. A costume. Uh, and it looks like Looks like something you'd wear on a game show in the 70s or something. Like, it's really dated compared to what Jessie's outfit is when she starts. Um, but it's just like, hey, here's a little reward for something you really didn't need to do. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm into yeah, this. I'm wearing awesome. this ugly-ass wool gold suit for the rest of the game and looking like a monster. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm really having fun with it. Um, I've been streaming it mostly, so because I haven't streamed it much, I haven't played it much. But yeah, it I could definitely see myself just... You know, I think you can beat it if you just do all the story stuff in 40 hours. I could see myself playing it for like 80 or 90, just reading all the documents and trying to piece together stuff. Um, but yeah, it's real neat and it's definitely like its own setting and tones and vibes that there's definitely comparisons you can make to other games, but it really feels unique to itself. Yeah, it's definitely. Great. Yeah, I wonder if you could feed the shit monster to the furnace. Probably not, but that would be interesting. But like... That might happen. Like, oh, because, yeah. because in the furnace area, you see giant tubes that go down to other parts, and you see part of the shit monster, like, ooze on one of those pipes. Oh, so, God. like, that might happen, Doug. Oh, my God. I really predicted this if that's a thing. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, but no, also, I'd be remiss to not shout out our one of our best callbacks with Press Continue Podcast. Shitting into the veins of your oh, house God, was like, yeah. because we had to talk about an I Was Walrus where your house was sentient, and yeah, we were talking I mean, about pooping in that house, and then it's, yeah, into the veins of the house. The plumbing so, is the veins. Yeah, it's, brutal. it's a bad time. The septic yeah. tank is the heart of the house. Let's all just have a moment of silence for that memory. <laughs> Let's relive that horrible time. God damn it. But no, uh, that's cool, Brent. So is that the games you've been playing, though? Yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing. Cool. Well, and speaking of RNG bullshit and streaming, uh, <laughs> I've been playing some Fall Guys on stream, and I actually got super lucky. I got my third crown. It was so glorious. Nice. I was, yeah, I was very stoked on it. Like, that's what I mean. It happens so few and far between. When it does happen, you gotta celebrate. It was <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, it was actually on the final Thin Ice uh, Season 3 final, and I every time I would play that, I'm like, this one... I have a chance, way more so than Hexagon. Uh, but yeah, it was just more or less everyone else on the map screwed each other over, and I was left over, and I was like, all right. <laughs> so I, it gives me faith that I could keep going with that on stream and maybe get some more crowns. But so far, it's kind of funny. Every crown I've got has been on stream, so I have clips on our Twitch channel. Oh, nice. uh, I'll do plug at the end of the episode if you want to check those out. But yeah, and every time I get one, I am 
literally just in disbelief. And it's so genuine. I'm just like, I look like an idiot. I'm like, did I do it? And then it's like, <laughs> you did. I was like, all right. <laughs> well, it's also because that like pause screen, at least with like, uh, what was it? Fall Mountain, where like yes. everyone's jumping at it. And you're like, not, did I touch it? I can't tell if I'm the one that like hit it right time. And there's that pause where the screen goes to black and comes back with the winner. Exactly. So you're not quite sure. Well, now I've learned that there's a little icon down there that is, if you are the winner, you'll see a little crown. And I just mm. never notice it in time because oh, okay. I'm like, oh, gosh. But yeah, so crown number three feels good. I'll uh, keep playing some Fall Guys, but haven't really been playing too much. In fact, I know I brought it up last episode. I'll try to keep it brief, but I've been playing the Harry Potter trading card game with my wife. We're yeah, both like addicted as fuck. And <laughs> we ended up actually, yeah, doing it on stream because I remember I remember saying we would try that at some point. And yeah, we got around to giving it a test go. Uh, there's a couple things I would like to fix with it so you guys can see the cards a little, little bit better and everything. But uh, we're having so much fun. Like we every night when we get home from work, we'll like we'll play around or so. And like I have, I think, six decks built and i'm gonna build a seventh one and that's gonna be like the kind of last one i intend on building and we can just like rotate between decks but oh man we are having so much fun with this game the game itself is just very addictive very fun and having uh access to these cards is just great that i can build this many decks and like experiment with stuff because like the first few games we would play i was like an idiot and really didn't know what i was doing and i could quickly Mm -hmm. identify like oh this deck that's just built entirely around transfiguration lessons isn't doing shit uh (laughs) it's not doing any damage i have no way of healing myself after like discovering those things i've really made a lot more dynamic decks and now when we play there's uh i think it might have even been on stream maybe not we've been playing so much (laughs) i forget exactly but there was a couple matches where it comes down to the like the very last play of the game where it's like uh either way it could have went either way with like one or two cards in the other person's deck so like it's very close it's a lot of fun and uh, they're very diverse like you could be playing quidditch matches or you could be playing creatures you could be doing spells you could be playing potions like i love the variety of it and in all reality the most attractive thing of it is the artwork i just love looking at these cards and being like what does this do how can i fuck over my opponent and try Mm. to win so yeah we're like hella addicted to that now (laughs) (laughs) is there like a specific deck you've built that's stronger than the others like oh i'm using a monster deck it's like shit (laughs) i'm glad you asked that so the the funniest thing about it is that was when i was also in the stage of not really knowing knowing what i was doing so i built a deck entirely around potions but the funny thing about that is that means i put all my best potions in that deck and those potions are all uh for the most part, healing oriented. So it's like mm-hmm. this deck, this person is like very hard to take down because you could be doing damage all day. And then they're just like, Oh, let me just heal like 10 cards or something. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So that one we're using as like the litmus test, so to speak, <laughs> uh, because like, <laughs> yeah, every deck deck I be? make, yeah. Can I beat the green deck is how we've been saying it. And, uh, so far I, the red deck beat the green deck. And I think then we have, uh, the blue deck close to beating it. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're having a lot of fun. Now that you actually have a handle on the game and, like, how it's played properly, um, are you mixing up the decks, or are you still doing, like, this is all potions, this is all creatures, this is all Quidditch, or is it, like, I got four Quidditch in here because they are good for offense, I got three potions for healing, and I got, like, two creatures for defense or something like that? Now I'm experimenting more or less with the hybrid decks with all the different kind of lessons. I don't necessarily have a deck that has all five of the different types, but uh, maybe four. And that's the thing. Depending on your starting character, uh, if you start as a professor, uh, there's only four. I think, yeah, there's one professor for each type of lesson. Uh, they can provide you with a, a lesson right off the bat. So, like, that's, like, honestly, I feel like if anyone was playing this in a tournament or anything, you'd be very smart to use a professor because it starts you off with a lesson of your choice. And so let's say I'm playing as Madam Hooch, which is like the Quidditch <laughs> professor. Yeah, I know. What a name. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, <She's> alcoholic. Provides- <laughs> right. Uh, she provides a Quidditch lesson. I technically, you wouldn't really need to play many Quidditch lessons in your deck because, uh, the way the cards work is if like you put down a Quidditch card that costs 10, if you have other lessons in play, you only need uh, one of the type in uh, – it's it's a little tricky to explain in yeah. – uh, but uh, here, I'll do my best. So let's say there's a card that costs 10 lesson cards and then behind the number 10 is the symbol for the Quidditch uh, lesson. That means you need – 
10 lessons in play, but only one of those lessons has to be a Quidditch lesson. And if you're playing a, a professor who provides that Quidditch lesson, you have that automatically. So there's like little mm-hmm. things like that you okay. learn as you're playing. But no, uh, I do have, I want to say maybe two decks that are strictly like, yes, this is the potions deck, maybe with a couple creatures sprinkled in and my Quidditch deck that I just built earlier today. I revised to just be pure Quidditch, like it's nothing but Quidditch cards, and it ended up beating uh, our our one, I think it was the black deck, the creature deck, and I was super surprised about that. So yeah, I, I do like mixing it up, but uh, so far I think my favorite when it comes to decks is the Quidditch deck. Interesting. That one's weird to me, because uh, we are talking about before, it's like... It's it's just the sport in that world. It's not the yes. creatures. It's not the potions. It's not the spell cast. It's but just they the do it's an incredible job incorporating it. So it's like it, uh, you can play matches instead of adventures. And when a match is in play, certain cards are like, oh, you do seven damage, and like seven damage is a lot when you're trying to take out a, a deck of sixty cards. So like, there's certain just perks of like, yeah, a, a Quidditch deck is basically all damage oriented, and you're trying to mm-hmm. win matches and take out your opponent as quickly as possible and not worry about healing whatsoever. Now there's not like a golden snitch card where it's like, if you have this, you win the game automatically, yes. defeating well, the purpose of the whole fucking match. No, there is. So if you play like a, yeah, a Quidditch match, there is a card called Catch the Snitch, and it says you win the current match in play and get the prize. And that was one thing I think I did on stream, and uh, either my friend Leary or Pat Johnston uh, called me out. He was like, what a douche move, because I, <laughs> I, I, I had played a match with my first action, and my second action was Catch the Snitch. <laughs> I get the prize. So yeah, Lauren was like, "What the hell?" I didn't even get a chance <laughs> at that one. So yeah, there are there are little things like that if you have those cards in your hand. God, the golden snitch is such utter bullshit in every conceivable. Like, why would you even play the game? What's the point if it gives you just a hundred points? Like, uh, that still annoys the hell out of me. That's so funny. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a goofy sport, but it's it adds a fun aspect to the card game for sure literally just take the snitch out quidditch is fine quidditch works it's a sport it makes (laughs) sense like just that one element of like if you catch this one thing literally nothing else matters it's like well fucking either make the other points much more or make the quid or make the golden snitch much less so they even have a chance to come back Oh, for sure. Oh, man. Speaking of Quidditch, there was a, I think it might have been on Xbox original that I was playing a Harry Potter World Cup Quidditch game or something. And man, I was addicted to that game. I played the hell out of it and it was very fun. I, I would like to go back to that. I wonder if they'll ever make a modern Quidditch game. It might be fun. I, mm, it'd be tough now. Like we talked about, the Harry Potter madness is definitely past its prime. And I think it'll really determine how the new game will go. Oh, yeah. If that opens up another franchise for the Harry Potter games. And we have another year to wait for that. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, and that was another thing I wanted to mention is that I, I remember on last week's episode, I, I got some hell, like crazy deal on Facebook Marketplace for some cards. They arrived today. And yeah, I had some unopened packs. And it was such a glorious moment being able to open some packs. In fact, I saved <laughs> three of them for the next time my wife and I stream. We're going to open those on the stream and, uh, play some games. So that's something to look forward to. But yeah, we're in the Harry Potter tra- trading card craze right now. And in fact, I've met some really cool people across the community and, I know you're going to laugh at this, but I'm, I might be starting a second podcast about it, but we'll see. <laughs> I know it's literally, wow. but no, the, like, and the, the listen to me, I know it's niche as hell, but it would be a monthly uh, show and we have some incredible ideas for it. And the, the crazy thing is like the audience is already there and, and people have already expressed like, this sounds great. So I'm, I'm excited. It, it's both incredibly niche, uh, well past its prime. Like, it, it, <laughs> Like, if you said the podcast about a product card game in, like, 2004, like, yeah, I get that. This is decades it's, after it's, that. It's literally uh, a dead game. Like, I mean, people <laughs> always joke about Fall Guys and Among Us. Like, when people are streaming, they just pop in the stream and just type dead game and leave just to troll. And it's yeah. like, no, talk about dead games. Like, it's this is it. But physical we have, card game from it's, years it's ago. a revival. And, oh, I think the new cards is what really has people, like coming back to it so it's gonna be interesting uh, if if this actually happens i'll have more information on it but no i i already have talked to two people from around the world and it would be really cool to join forces on something like that it's also incredible to me how fast you got into this and how hard you got into it because uh, that's two what i mean weeks oh, ago it's... you didn't even know about it and nope then, like poof, 
you're talking about another podcast. No, for real. It's uh, like I said, I'm all in. You you called it with like Magic the Gathering and shit in these card games. It's, like people try it out, but uh, also beware. <laughs> no, like it's addictive as shit. It's why I really like. I think I got a Yu-Gi-Oh deck back at my parents' house, and that's it. And like I knew, I'm like I'm not getting into Magic because I know, like with my personality type, and like I the artwork on it's so beautiful, and like the game is. Yeah wildly more complex than it seems it seems very simple at first and then you get to the higher level stuff and it's gets very complicated it's cool i can't get into because I, I i am too frugal i know i'm too cheap and i can't i mean even with Yu-Gi-Oh, i couldn't play really that well against my friends because they would get a combo that was just so good i need to buy high-end expensive cards just to beat that and i'm like i'm not getting into this i can't afford this so i know with magic and any other card games like i'm not hearthstone's similar it's all digital but it's got the same mentality it's exactly very similar to magic um but even with uh runescape legends i played that game uh that was just a oh, that's video right. game that was, yeah but it was a video game that was meant to be a digital card game but it was also like a dungeon crawler card game and it was really cool it was a really cool game it was done very well and it was free and it was based off RuneScape, which has no real history to it. It's just a fucking bullshit MMO. But, like, RuneScape Legends was cool as hell. And it was free. And it was good. Like, it was a fun game. And, I mean, unfortunately, the servers have since shut down. It, you know, didn't uh. pick up steam. But, like, I remember playing that being like, yo, this is legit as hell. But it was also, like, um, uh, oh, fuck, God, what's the game I enjoy? But now I'm forgetting. Hand of Fate 2? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Hand of Fate Two. Um, also, a di- like it's a video game, but centered around deck building. So you go on an adventure in like a certain area or a certain situation, and all the events that can happen, or all the items that you find, or the enemies you encounter, are from the deck you built prior to that. So it is like a weird dungeon crawling roguelike deck building. Game. Wow. Yeah. And it really, really makes you think. The downside with all of this, though, is if you take a week off, if you step away for like a minute, you're way behind. And like, even with Hand of Fate 2, when I restarted, I was like, God, I don't remember what any of these cards do. And I had like a hundred of them. It's like, and I, you know, you have to build the best ones for the most oh, yeah. chance to succeed. So I'm just like, I don't remember shit. I can't come back to this like so late. And I restarted it. And then the same thing happened. I took like two days off. I was like, Nah, this is too much for me. I love that game. That game is phenomenal, incredibly well done, and very innovative and really unique. That's tough to play. <laughs> it's yeah. tough to keep going through unless you're like going through like on the addiction and like just beating it in one like go because it's it's hard to step away from and come back to. That makes sense. Well, and what shocks me the most is the fact that my wife is even entertaining this whatsoever. Because I was thinking <laughs> to myself, like, when I first got into this, I'm like, well, maybe one of my friends will be into this if I, like, build a deck for them and we could play. And then I yeah. I introduced it to my wife, and I, she's, like, not even that big of a Harry Potter fan. Never read the books, seen maybe up to three or four of the movies, so oh, not really? all of them. Yeah, so she, that's what I mean. She likes the movies and is like, oh, this shit's cool, but not even a big Harry Potter head. Head, and yeah. then I go ahead and show her these cards, and here she is wanting to play with me more as as much as I want to play. So I'm like, that's really exciting that we can like bond over this and like enjoy it together because it is just very fun and like mechanically. I just think that that's what makes this game shine is like it's not Magic the Gathering and all mm-hmm. damage based. It's just like as soon as someone's out with their deck, you win. So it's like, yay, easy to follow. Let's just uh, see what these cards do. And yeah, having me having pre built decks that I'm designing, being like with with our play style in mind being like, how will we have a more fun? How, how can we have the most fun with these? It's been a lot of fun trying to play different lesson types and everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just lucky that she even wants to play at all. <laughs> and yeah, that there is so many passionate people out there uh, trying to get this revival going. And in fact, I did uh, try to have a company print some of these proxies for me for the new revival cards. So in a few weeks here, I'll be able to try out some of the new cards, like in the actual play. Cause yeah, I want to print out the real cards, even though like they're uh fan made and like, you can't sell them, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's something for my personal collection. Are they like higher quality? It's not just printer paper. Yeah, you know? exactly. They're going to be a uh, like real game. Uh, it's from a website called makeplayingcards.com. So they, they yeah, do it yeah. right. Yeah. Interesting. 
So yeah, that was my HP TCG update. <laughs> I did it again. Oh, you got the acronym it. now. Uh, you're, you're way into it. Oh, I am. I'm too far into it. Let's move on. Uh, spe- oh, gosh. We're moving on into even more uh, <laughs> unsettling waters, so Cursed to speak. territory. Like, yeah, what is happening in the news, Brent? Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. We're not huge video- uh, horror video games. We're, uh, what's the lamest term? Um, pussies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, not the biggest in horror video games. I respect them. I have a profound respect for the horror genre at large. And I love a lot of the monster designs. I don't enjoy being scared, though, so I don't enjoy consuming a lot of the media. Um, that being said, you probably, if you've been on the internet, if you've been on Twitter at all, you've probably seen people talking about the new Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 8. And it's about Resident Evil, it's in the village this time, and uh, people are speculating it's kind of a branch off of Resident Evil 4. Um, so, some more stuff like that. Um, the main antagonist of it it seems like you know there's always like someone behind the scenes controlling it all but the like big monster you're fighting against you had mr x and the remake of two you had uh uh what's the name uh it's like the monstrosity i forget his name nemesis nemesis that was it in the remake of three so people are thinking this might be like a remake of four and this is the you know kind of the big monster that chases you the whole time yeah both mechanics of those two that were done really well um this one's a big vampire lady yeah and she's like hot when we say big when we say big we mean like casually nine feet and a half tall like yeah huge is a big lady um and yeah she's not like she's not nemesis where she's just a trash bag with a big teethy grin or mr nemesis who just looks like a giant weird bouncer flasher like she's like uh, Kentucky Derby looking, like she got a big old hat, like Southern Belle, like dress, and like she, yeah, she's an attractive lady. She's big, yeah. And, uh, people are horny for her. Yeah, people very much. The, the whole internet just immediately was like, "Crush me, mama!" <laughs> <laughs> like so horny for her. So just like it's incredible to see people are like. People were like, oh, Mr. X is cool. And then we had like the Mr. Sex mod where he was in like a G string. It's like, ha ha, this is a joke. And then you had Nemesis. And then he's got like boxers with like hearts on him, like as a joke. And if people see her and it's like, yo, I want her to step on me. <laughs> Just like, damn, dude, you're not even hiding it. I'm like, no, I need this in my life. So it's crazy to see. And like, um, I think it's exploded more recently because we've seen her in the trailer before, but I think the demo for Resident Evil 8 is out now. So people are now playing it and experiencing more of the game of what it'll be and being chased by her and talk and having cutscenes with her. So people are getting more into it seeing what she's actually like. Because um, there's one cutscene where she like bursts through d- these double doors and like grabs you by the throat, holds you up, and then like holds your hand out and then flicks her hand and like swords come out of her fingertips. Like Lady Deathstrike style, Damn. and that just cuts you down. So she's clearly like, you know, it's Resident Evil. They're all quote zombies, but then they're all just crazy monsters that you know can do whatever. So yeah, it's cool seeing what else she can do. But um, yeah, so horny for her. everyone's so horny for her. Yeah, no, I've seen a shitload of different memes where yeah, exactly. People are super horny for this lady, and I guess it makes sense. I mean, people say size doesn't matter, but if you just like amplify <laughs> them, th- they become hot. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's, I mean, there's definitely a gigantic fetish out there, but this is just like, I guess like Dami Mommy, the dominatrix, yes. like mentality of just like overwhelmingly powerful and like ha- chasing after you and. Um, I also think it's the hat. That hat is wild. The hat does. I definitely agree. Like, if you took the hat away, it wouldn't be as popular. But the hat adds, like, a huge element to it. So, and it's just crazy seeing her. Because you see her from behind in, like, a chair at first. And it's like, oh, it's just a lady. And she stands up. And she's, like, four times the size of the chair. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, it catches you so off guard of truly how huge she is. And it's just like, yeah. People are real. (laughs) I saw it. it. I follow, like, an artist online. He's like. A bunch of, like, plebs, like, drooling over this uh, tall vampire lady. Like, she wouldn't date any of you wieners. And I respond, I'm like, I don't need to date her for her to step on me. Like, that's not what I'm at. I'm not looking for a relationship with this lady. No, I'm just waiting for some artist to picture her and one of the Fall Guys beans together. Because he wouldn't be too far off from her. I think it'd be, a, like, a, a nice pairing. I hate how big the beans. Alright, so this is also related to the size of fictional creations. Um... D&D, even real the D&D lately, I rolled up a new character of a Lokath, 
Lokatha, um, which is essentially just a dumpy, dumb fish man. And he's just like, they're just like kind of an idiot, like cannon fodder race. Like they're not special. There's nothing inherently good about them. Um, okay. They're just really dumb and stupid looking and I love it. Um, so I rolled him up and I showed like a friend. I'm like, oh, look at the stats. It's pretty cool. Like it's be a cool character. He's like, oh yeah, it's really cool. And he looked him up. He goes, oh no, wait a minute. These guys are like five to six feet tall. I was like, what? Like, yeah, this is like an average adult human size. I was like, oh, no, I hate it. I thought they were like two to three feet. I thought they were cute little like Ewok fish man. He's like, no, this is a full grown man. I was like, oh, it's gross. That (laughs) sucks. If it's tiny, it's adorable, regardless of what it looks like. Even if it's an abomination, if it's tiny, it's cute. And then if it's big, it's intimidating and sexy. (laughs) Sexy, exactly. (laughs) Big, sexy, tiny. Adorable. uh, Exactly. Uh. And here's something Nintendo didn't need to tell anybody, but apparently, and I don't even know if this is from a real thing. It could just be a meme, so, but we're talking about it on our this show. But Nintendo it, confirms <laughs> Waluigi is uncircumcised. That is a thousand percent a meme, dog. I, I know, know. I'm why just kidding. You, <laughs> you I know. Because, well, because you it, could not have thought that was real even for a no, second. <laughs> because it, it it felt like a joke. Like uh, like I don't know. J.K. Rowling. We're talking about Harry Potter. Like she's always like oh, screwing yeah. up her own franchise. Wizards so I felt like Nintendo. On the the one them. time they finally break like the family <laughs> thing. They're like, this is how we're gonna do it. <laughs> this is the one we see. Yes. <laughs> He's got a sleeve around that hog. And that's what I mean. That's why I thought it was like breaking and it had to be a show topic. <laughs> We're gonna be honest with you, listeners. Our show topics, the quality of them has real dip lately. <laughs> Bastard just posted one. It's a three six Xbox three sixty controller made of denim. Like that's not it's a Basta, That's not a show topic. It's a controller made out of jeans. It's like, like what, the what hell is, is this? <laughs> so yeah, I saw Waluigi being uncircumcised. I'm like, I didn't need to know that. I probably could have assumed as much, but I didn't need to know that. Well, the internet was also horny about that and pretty excited. They're uh, also disproportionately horny about waluigi there's no reason you should be he's a monster yeah well and then speaking of our the show topics going downhill (laughs) you posted something about dinosaur buttholes hey listen (laughs) this is a scientific breakthrough that has been unfounded up till this point in time okay we're talking about waluigi's dick you do have a leg to stand on explain (laughs) to our listeners what this is uh so i just found the first preserved dinosaur butthole and that's it's it. perfect that's and unique, say. it says, though. It's perfect. perfect. Well, of course it's unique. I mean, <laughs> where are you going to find another one? I wonder, though. I mean, like anyone on the internet, I didn't read it. I don't care. I just want the headline. Yeah, the headline is all that's you as, need in this one. You're right. It's, that's as much uh, attention I'm giving this. Actually, but, uh, no. The, the image actually really helps it, too, if you <laughs> look at rendition. it. The artist's rendition. They have, like, grass on their tails, and this it's just an animal looking at, right at another animal's ass. Just, like, sniffing his ass like dogs. God. Like, probably, uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's just, like, he had to be the guy that rendered that. Like, you had to be the artist that drew that. It was probably like, Chuck Carter, poor guy. I was guy. thinking. <laughs> no, Chuck. kidding. Um, we all assumed giant dinosaurs had genitalia and buttholes. We never needed to see the images of it. But now we can definitively prove, yeah, this is what it looks like. Well, what's funny to me is it's like you think they would have found, like, the whole preserved dinosaur. Instead, it's just the butthole. Like, Well, I mean, like, the soft tissue degrades over time. That's why bones are usually the thing that's left behind, and most of the time the bones get fossilized and turn into stone, but they're just an exact replica of the bones. So, like, the soft tissue would be the butthole. Like, that's that's as soft as tissue as you can get, Doug. There's not much softer than that. So, that would have degraded, like, real quick uh, after the dinosaurs died. So, I'm any soft tissue finding, like, I think they found the skin of a dinosaur recently, and that was, like, fucking monumental news in the ar- archaeology department. Um, so any kind of soft tissue they can find is huge, like breaking news, and it gives us a better idea. I wonder though, because they have traced dinosaurs' lineage back to birds. Like, do they got cloacas? Is it just one hole? Does it just do everything? Like, well, it's funny. I know you said you didn't read the article at all. I just clicked I it that? out of just dumb <laughs> luck, and the yeah. first sentence that it reads is, "This was a multi-purpose hole." Yeah. <laughs> Got a cool, like that. They're birds. Dinosaurs are just big dumb birds. Why? First though, why is that the first thing you need to state at all? Like, oh my god, it was like TLDR. This was a multi-purpose. We're gonna wrap hole. this up. It's yeah. a it's a Swiss Army knife of holes. Holy it just does whatever shit. you need. You put a bottle what up an and crack open. God damn, our show has <laughs> gone down. Hey, you know what's what? that have to do with video games? Uh, no, it's fine. 
Godzilla versus King Kong. There's our tie-in. There's media we can talk oh, about. Oh, there we go. No, that is exciting. Because, like, I don't know, that's the classic movie from back who knows when, uh, and they're going to remake it. Kaiju, I don't know. Kaiju fight. I would love to see it in a modern, uh, with modern technology and everything. Who do you think is going to win is the real question whenever they do something like this. There's, unfortunately, it's going to be the same thing like Batman versus Superman, where it's going to be some bullshit third party that intervenes and then they unite together to fight that. It's going to be some weird prehistoric bug alien thing like in the last Godzilla movies. Uh, so, what about a tie, though? Or a tie, or like they stop, like they unite together to fight. Like there's not going to be a definitive one. Because, like, Superman vs. Batman, like, any of those, like, combos, there's never a definitive answer. Because then that answers the question, and you can't do 40 more movies of that, or 40 more stories of that. Right. So, there's well, never a definitive. I think it should be a definitive winner, and I think Godzilla should win, and then the second movie should be, like, Kong's Revenge, and then Godzilla wins again. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it always is, depending on the iteration, because, like, in the last Kong, in Kong Skull Island, King Kong is, like... 40 feet tall or something like he's compared to a building he's like on the fourth story like when he's standing on ground level godzilla in the last movie is like 160 feet tall so like if you just take the statistics like yeah godzilla would just step on him like that's it that's not a real battle so whenever there is a combo like a mashup like this they always have to re rebuild these like monsters and like reset them so that's an even fight so it's just not one-sided because like Mothra reverse King Kong. Mothra can fly. It just shoots lasers down. Done. Like, so you gotta balance it somehow to make it entertaining. But, that makes sense. I mean, that's what was so great about Pacific Rim. It was just big monsters and big robots beating the shit out of each other for two hours. And then they did Pacific Rim 2 without Guillermo del Toro. I was like, no one cares about this. So, it, I saw the last Godzilla movie. It was an hour and a half longer than it needed to be. Because that was all, that hour and a half was about the human characters. And yeah. no one, repeat, no one gives a shit about the human characters despite how good the actors are in portraying the characters in that scene. They were good actors. I'm not arguing that. They weren't bad. I just do not give a shit about them when Godzilla is anywhere on screen. Like, right. That's the one I'm looking at. So if this is, if they really want to do it, they got to go full ham, full cheese, full ham and cheese popcorn movie. Just get a cor- chicken cordon blue of popcorn in there and just like just make it as over-the-top ridiculous as possible. Like just have real fun with it and don't try to make it some compelling story. Just get real ridiculous with it. Yeah, like, for that's sure. That's what we want. Go full entertainment mode. Yeah, um, I'm going to try to keep it in the movie verse, but also bring it back to video games. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie first look revealed is a, a title of an article I was reading. Uh, where yeah, Warner Brother Pictures they're doing another Mortal Kombat movie, and these pictures I've seen make the characters actually look really good. It, it gives me faith. I'm like, oh man, I, I don't get me wrong. I liked the old Mortal Kombat movies, and I feel like I'm in the minority there because it is just talk about it's- cheesy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are not good at all. And the reason I like them is because I saw them when I was like pre-teenager or something. And I was oh, just yeah. like, wow, this is so cool. And I was into martial arts back then. So yeah, it very much jives with me. And yeah, the video games, I love the Mortal Kombat. But uh, yeah, it's exciting to kind of, well, that's the thing. I, we've complained in the past many times like, oh, stop rebooting things. But here's one that just I'm like, I'll let this slide. as lo- Maybe we'll get a good <laughs> video game movie for once. No. Yeah, no, we won't. I, yeah, but, <laughs> I can promise you that right now. I have um, faith. This one looks cool. Look at Jax's arm. That's all I got to here, say. Here's the thing. I, my opinion of this is the same as, I mean, it looks good. It, does it look better than the old movies? Sure. Pretty much everything does. That's I mean, not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not a hard challenge. Um, to me, this looks, once again, like the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight-esque style of like action movies, where everything's pretty like dark everything's pretty monochrome like there's not a lot of color to it you get a shot of sub-zero and you only see the top half of his head uh so you don't see like the mask but it's just all black his hood is just all black and like it's not bright blue it doesn't look colorful it doesn't look fun so my opinion with the Mortal Kombat movie is the same as my opinion with the Godzilla vs. Kong movie where to go go full cheese just get real campy with it just go really extremely campy with it um so you'll have movies like Wolverine Origins, which go serious. 
and make it gritty and try and making it compelled and feel sorry for the characters. And then yeah. they make Deadpool in that, and he's got katanas in his whole arm, which makes no fucking sense because he wouldn't be able to bend them at the elbow. Like, that's just dumb because they yeah. tried too hard to make it serious. And, like, his mouth was sewn shut at the end because he talked so much in the earlier scenes, so they wanted to shut him up. So, like, that's then when they're trying to be serious and, like, cool Hollywood edgy movie. And then you get Deadpool movie where there's like, hey, what if Deadpool was obnoxious as shit and gets his legs cut off and then regrows him and then like waddles around like a baby man for like t- 10 minutes of the movie and just talks about how tiny his dick is. Like, yeah, that's Deadpool. That's prime Deadpool. That's good Deadpool. And that's how I feel about this movie. If you try and make it serious, it's going to be like the Monster Hunter movie where it's like, this is dumb and like no one really cares about it. Which apparently the Monster movie, Monster Hunter movie came out in like Europe and England and stuff. And just not in the U.S. It just got delayed for some reason. But it's done and out. So, like, what? Um, so you can take it, like, too serious. But if you get real silly with it, like, if you just get real campy with it, hell, lower that CGI budget a bit, man. Make it real bad. Yeah, right. It could be fun. Like, the Mario Brothers is an objectively terrible movie. But it's fun to watch. Yeah, it seems like they're taking it very seriously. I was skimming the article, and they are going to... It's going to be rated R, so I'm like, hmm, I think they're going to go for the gritty reboot, like, realism aspect and not... Then again, I don't know, even in the old movies, like, Johnny Cage is, like, doing a split, punching Gordo in in the balls or whatever, and being like, these are $500 sunglasses, asshole, or whatever. So, like, there's, like, comedic moments. So I, I hope that that translates in the new movie. That's what I'm fine with, because, like, that cheesing camp of the first one's great, and, like, it doesn't carry over into the second one as much either. So, like, that one's, like, that's kind of disappointing in that regard. So, like, but, like, looking at this, like, everything's just brownish, like, sepia tones, or, like, uh, it's just not, nothing about this makes me excited. Like, yeah, yeah, but Jack also, it's just cool. like a fighting game. They're they're going for an aesthetic. They're not. It's not going to be all bright but, and colorful. Well, no, but that's the thing. If they're going for an aesthetic, they should go for the Mortal Kombat aesthetic and just lean into it. Give Jacks bright ass purple pants. Well, and that might be why they're rating it R, and the, the like fatalities will be like, oh fuck, this is the most brutal shit I've seen on screen in years. But I mean, we've seen brutal shit. We've seen the Resident Evil movies. We've seen the Saw movies and the yeah, like hostile. That's it, Mortal Kombat was like groundbreaking at that time. It's definitely not now. So if it's just a hyper violent movie, there's thousands of those a year. Sure. So like, you gotta lean into the camp and the stuff that makes Mortal Kombat unique to Mortal Kombat. The Shang Tsung like shape-shifting warlock that steals souls like give me that camp and uh like they brought him back for the game he's a good skin for the game the actor so like there's clearly love for that old one and you give me christopher lambert being raided again for some reason god it's he's so ridiculous in that movie i love it so like if they're just trying to be like this is a fighting movie but now they're actually gonna punch each other's heads off like yeah i've fucking seen that before like that's not new so like I wanted, so- I want something unique to Mortal Kombat. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Worth mentioning. Uh, last thing I had though is also just like a conundrum. I just there's no reason to explain it whatsoever. But like, uh, GameStop's uh stocks like skyrocketed like sixty nine percent, and I'm wondering if like someone just hacked the system for them because it's just like who, how, what? No one seems to know why. Yeah, because like. I thought they were putting stores out of business. No one's buying from GameStop, and yet this happens. Like they must have done something with their own investments for this. I just don't know how this is occurring. But like, hey, if you have stock in GameStop, you in GameStop, you can be pretty excited about this. I I'd be surprised anyone who does. Really, I'd, actually, that's that's the end of my sense. I'd be surprised if anyone has stock in GameStop. Um, <laughs> that's what I mean. How is it skyrocketing? What's es- happening? Especially after what's happened the last few years, because yeah, they haven't been doing good. But yeah, they, I, they, maybe they became Fye, and the, like and that's, that's not probably, good. That's what I mean. I that's I I don't know anyone during pandemic times that's like I need to go grocery shopping. Let me stop at GameStop. Like, yeah, it's maybe there was like some inner like inner office like change of ownership, and so maybe someone got bought out and like the news got out or at least to the stock broke, uh, holders and that's what did it so like yeah i don't i'm not sure why but yeah the stock went up for a while and it's weird <laughs> maybe they're di- strange maybe they're switching over to an all digital like or maybe they're having a digital storefront now and they're leaning into that more instead of physical because like i mean i couldn't tell you where a gamestop is near me 
Right. Well, it's sus as it is, but then the fact that it's also 69% of an increase, it's like nice, nice, but also (laughs) it's extra sus. I feel like that's like signs that somebody's trolled them and it's like, yo, here's a shitload of money. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, stocks are all just, they're they're not real anyway. They're just fictional of what everyone agrees the value is. So like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. And speaking of uh, fake money, uh, there's a, it's not fake money, but uh, there's a, MMO coming out or might already be out where you like mine Bitcoin or something. I oh, feel Jesus. like I want to talk about that more when we have Baston. Maybe, I don't know he shit said, about it. Even he was just like, what the hell? This is a lot to unpack. So that'll be maybe a future conversation, but thought I'd at least shout that out if somebody wants to investigate that on their own. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, Bren, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, we mentioned uh, your other podcast and the Twitch channel you guys have. Yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter, ABTS Brendan. And yeah, the other podcast I have is called Are Weeb There Yet? And it's uh, exploration and education in anime. We watch three episodes of an anime or a movie, give a quick recap with our opinions. And it's basically just a good sampler platter of anime. Like, uh, if you're curious in an anime, but you don't want to commit to watching the time, throw on a podcast while you're doing chores or driving somewhere. And it'll give you an idea of like, eh, maybe this one's not so good. Maybe this one's great. Maybe this one has weird turtle demons crawling up people's assholes and stealing their desires. That's one of my favorite animes. Yeah, that one's worth shouting out, so. Sarah's Anme, so fucking good. So incredibly good. And just upsetting in a lot of ways. Sounds it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, including twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, where I'm streaming a variety of games and some uh, tabletop card games, Harry Potter tape uh, trading card game with my wife and stuff. So yeah, go give us a follow over there. See when we're live. Uh, usually Monday, Wednesdays, uh, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, yeah, drop in and say what's up. See what we're playing. And, uh, yeah, maybe one of these days I'll be plugging my other podcast for a super niche thing, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's been years since, uh, I did a second podcast, so we'll see (laughs) if this actually happens. Um, and listener, if you like, uh, or if you want to check out the record label I am responsible for, it's missedoutrecords.com. Got all sorts of cassettes and vinyl over there. In fact, recently updated the inventory, so go see what's for sale. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back on Monday. See you guys. See you.